Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello, I'm Orlando Murren and I'm hosting the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. Today we're talking about recipes. Who follows recipes? Do we need them? The good, the bad and the ugly will now be discussed by Tom and me. So, Tom, where do you stand on the good old reci- written recipes? Of course we need them. <laughs> 100% we need recipes. Um, we don't need to follow them, though. Now, does that that probably makes a bit more... It sounds a little confusing as an answer. Controversial. We need recipes because they're there for inspiration. They're there for guidance. They're there for, you know, recipes are there because they create content of interest for magazines. They represent history and heritage of dishes and food. They're things to pass down from generations. They're, um, thing, they're, they create um, a, a kind of a lifestyle understanding of what you want. The cookbooks have to exist. People want to cook things. They, they, they're there to let you enter a world that you're not normally in. You can travel the world with food. We all know that. But what happens if you're cooking on a Wednesday night and you're doing, I don't know, oven chips, baked beans and a couple of sausages, but you go, fancy Chinese tomorrow, I fancy Thai or I fancy a really lovely Indian dish or I fancy an American style barbecue dish. I need what I need some inspiration. You go and find them. So those recipes are so vitally important for all of that. And they're good for 
guidelines. Now, most people, when they write a recipe, uh, most people, when they cook from a recipe, they'll look at the written verse of it and, and they'll go, okay, and this is what they're and they'll follow it exactly. But sometimes they'll go, actually, you know, I don't really like cumin. I'm going to take that out. I don't, I, I really love garlic. I'm going to put four cloves in rather than two. Or I love, you know, so you kind of, they're there for guidelines. They're, 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 they're not, you do not have to follow recipes pinpoint accurately okay you do, you, you don't right you, you so much about cooking is touch sensual it's an understanding except pastry pastry you do need and it's a different version it's about weights and measurements and that are so precise and exact to get the right result. And by pastry, you mean baking, the baking as well as pastry? Desserts. Desserts. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. by pastry, I meant the section, the, the puddings. So if I can just pa- unpack what you've been saying, I completely understand that the recipes are a kind of historical document and they, they kind of... Um, they write down a way of doing something which has been perhaps passed down or perfected in a kitchen. But your attitude towards general recipes is quite cavalier in that you're inviting our listeners to look at them, to get some inspiration from them, but not actually necessarily follow them. That's not cavalier. That's real. Surely, (laughs) come on. Like, Orlando, when you go home tonight and you cook your tea, you'll open the cupboards. You don't know what you want right now. You might. You might have done some Something yesterday that's marinating or already cooked that needs reheating. But most people go home, they open their cupboards and they go, okay, I've got, I don't know, tin of tomatoes, I've got some minced beef there, I've got some leftover mashed potato over there, I've got some whatever. And you'll go, you freestyle, don't you? You don't follow a recipe. Now, we're, we're quite lucky because we've been in the food industry for, for a long time. We have a, we have a general vibe and a feeling. But a lot of people, when they get home, they cook they, from, a, from a sense and understanding. And they might have two or three dishes that are in their repertoire. They might be known on their street as the best shepherd's pie maker around, you know, and they go, okay, so, you know, that's what they do. And they may they may make a really good lamb madras or they may just be the best roast dinner maker around. And that's because they're the things that they know. They're the things that they do. And they don't follow recipes from that. But there's a lot of people that listen to this that don't follow recipes at all. They've got, they've learned how to cook. They are, And they understand um, the process of those three or four dishes. Now, if food has been your life, like it has mine and yours, you know, for over 30 years, it becomes kind of not, it, it, well, it does become second nature and understanding of where you want to go with things. But if I wanted to cook a, I don't know, a, some, a, a, something, a kind of a, a North African inspired dish, something that I, I fancied those kind of harissa style spicing and flavorings, I would look at a recipe book for a bit of guidance, maybe even one of my own, who knows, and just go, all right, because you don't remember them straight off. And then when you look at it, you go, actually, okay, yeah, I've got a bit of that. I've got some chickpeas, and I haven't got that, or I haven't got this, I've got a few. And you go, you kind of freestyle, but you need those recipes there to kind of inspire you to get that initial kind of spark and burst and thought of, uh, of where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and how you're going to do it. Of course, if you're not, you know, overly confident follow the recipe letter by letter it's absolutely fine it's perfect just do it again and again and again or read it over once or twice and yeah if you're not confident you can do it but recipes are not there they're not they're not law recipes are not law I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it because the world is probably divided up among people who are who are like you who 
use it as a as a kind of springboard but i think a lot of people do actually follow the recipe exactly and there's a an ethos of follow the recipe exactly or you're on your own tough if it doesn't work but it will work and you know that's the thing about recipes they're not they're not always pinpoint accurate you know they're not always you know if if it says in it chop up four red peppers and cook it well four red peppers bought from one supermarket it's going to be different from four red peppers bought from uh, a farmer's market or is it the flavor is different the things are different it has different water content as they're all kind of there for guidance they're all there for there or thereabouts most recipes are a ballpark they're ballpark numbers and figures and they're exactly what you should be working towards you know exactly the same they're ballpark if you want to change a few things up you should do it if you want to follow it by the by the letter, it's absolutely fine, right? That's that's a great way of doing it. But I think you probably get more out of your cooking when you start to release yourself from the constraints of a recipe. I don't mean just change it. I mean follow it, of course. But the the measurements, the exact cooking process doesn't have to be the same. Your oven, my oven that says 140 degrees centigrade on it, may be not at 140 degrees centigrade. Yours may be different. So if I cook the same slow-cooked thing for two and a half hours in my oven, but in your oven, it might be done in an hour and a half or it might take three and a half hours. You know, those sort of things, they all just take bits and bobs of getting used to. I wonder how we can encourage people who would like to be a bit more freeform to not throw away the recipe, but to be more relaxed about it. Chill out. That's it. Don't worry about it. Stop being so uptight. Loosen your tie. I mean, you know, just don't overstress about it. I, I think if you, people who follow recipe exactly, they're probably, you know, they're probably very efficient people that work, have, you know, you can imagine them having some sort of like quite efficient job where they're, they're very pinpoint and quite accurate about what they do. And you've got to go, okay, look, imagine this a day off work. Do you know what I mean? You don't don't put the suit on. Put a pair of tracky bottoms on or a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and go, all right, I'm going to have a go at cooking. Just relax about it. Don't worry about it. Just have a go. Just don't overthink it. Don't worry about it. It's maybe... Um, not regarding it as a scientific approach, but regarding taking an artistic approach to it. And we both we need science as well as art in life, don't we? But but instead of regarding it as a science experiment, um, following the recipe, regard it as a some, you're creating something lovely with a few ideas. The cooking process is always science based. It's always a case of what's happening to the proteins that are happening through a heating process, basically. You know, and it's about how things um, kind of react in that um, uh, uh, in that process of cooking, but you learn more about it by cooking. What happens if I do cook it for twenty minutes longer? Or what has happened? Or what happens if I cook it for less? You start beginning to get an understanding of the much more sensual and tactile things about food, where you touch, feel, smell, you know, see, you can tell, but, you know, you suddenly start become at one a little bit more with the food that you're dealing with. And then you begin to get much more in touch with your ingredients where, you, where, you know, where you'll pick up two different mangoes, for example, and squeeze them and go, okay, oh yeah, okay, I get this one is better and this one isn't. And you, because, and then you start going, okay, well, this one is harder and firmer. This one is soft. So I can make this one into a, a 
chutney or a jam much quicker than this one or this one needs ripening now or this one. like you and it's the same with everything you start picking up and feeling and understanding it you, you just go I, th I think I, I think people would enjoy cooking a lot more if they use their recipes as, instead of them being firm lines, imagine those lines of the recipe that you're putting as your primary being a, like inflatable. They're a bit bouncy <laughs> and a bit boingy. You can bounce into them, let them move. They'll come back to where they should be, okay? But just, just make it a little bit more rubbery. That's all you've got to imagine. It's a bit more fluid. The other thing that I really like with recipes is when they give you observations to make rather than just timings because you know put in the oven for 15 minutes is a bit meaningless because we know, all know that every oven is different from every other oven but if they're invite if they're saying like till golden around the edges and springy in the center i'm beginning to get engaged now with the piece of food and it's a kind of it's a joint venture with what's in the oven rather than me against the thing in the oven exactly yeah and i know. think good recipes invite you to smell things and uh, there's that famous thing that if you if you're browning onions and you add the garlic afterwards and you don't want the garlic to burn so you add that afterwards you cook it you cook it off for 30 seconds but really the important thing is till you can smell it yeah. that's that's when it's ready for the next stage to happen the smell process like like i mentioned there is that it's so sensual cooking when you become it, when you really get into it, the stirring, the touching, the feeling, the, and the smell. Sound. Sometimes the, the sound, sound when the sound of a something simmering properly is a is a very particular sort of bubbling sound. It yeah. certainly isn't bubble bubble bubble. There's a hundred percent sound is so important. I remember being in the kitchen like every single day when we were. Um, driving at the Hand of Flowers when we first got that two Michelin stars and I was there at the pass and the pass is the bit at the front of the kitchen where you're having conversation with the with the waiting staff so you're so you're there looking the kitchen is behind you it's the it's you know you you can't see everything that's going on but I could hear I could hear I can hear things burning I can hear things not being right I could hear that over there he's pureed that wrong I could hear that over there that needs more butter in it I can hear that that's catching and there all because that's because I was so in tune with that environment and like completely that was my zone my space completely in tune with it. now we're not asking people to do to do to cook in a two mission star environment to be able to be that person it, it that takes years and years and years of understanding however if you're stood over a pan you can tell you can feel and you're here where say you're um reducing you've fried onions and then you've put some stock in and you've reduced it down you can hear when that stock's gone. You can hear when it's time to add something else. You can hear, like it's dry, it makes a different noise. You can not just see it, but you can hear. You can hear the way that things fry differently, whether they're whether there's too much oil in or whether they're now beginning to burn and catch. There's so many different things that you can tell. And you will only get that from experience. Yeah, good old practice. But in the restaurant, do do your chefs write down the recipes for the for the person who's making them in the next the next day. So this how is where is, how is it all so passed this is, on? So this is where I'm going to completely contradict everything that I've said. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Because in the recipes of the hand of flowers in particular, um, they are, when actually across the board, across all sites, these are the recipes. This is standardized. There is no freestyling. But the difference between that and cooking at home is when you're cooking at home, you're creating dishes that are about taste and flavor and making sure that it works nicely for people getting there. When you're cooking in a restaurant level, the key to successful restaurants isn't the accolades, isn't it? It's consistency. It's the understanding of what you're getting every single time. Like if you come from a restaurant and you go, oh, that was delicious, and you go back the next time, you, it, sometimes sometimes people go, oh, the menu doesn't change, but sometimes restaurant, some of the best and most successful restaurants in the world, the menu doesn't change because people recognize you go there because you're going to have that particular dish or you had it last time, you had it a year ago and you can't wait to go and have it again. You know, those are the things. And all of that is about consistency. But in that time, in that space of a year, the, the kitchen brigade, you know, 10, 10% of it, 15% of it, 20% of it may be different. It may be somebody else that's cooking your smoked haddock omelette, for example, at the Hand of Flowers that's been on for, since we've opened, 17 years. You know, it's the same dish essentially. Well, that's being cooked by hundreds of chefs over 17 years but the dish is the same and that's because it is recipe and standardized so when it comes to consistency in restaurants we have um it's funny you mentioned we're working on it now it's and it's probably a year's project of putting together every single recipe that we've ever put together for restaurants for magazines for books for for everything to just get it all all of that database and that infrastructure all put together and when chefs come in that's what they have to follow that's what they have to cook there is no freestyle i don't like i'm very interested in your um idea about a dish change i'm very interested in your your thought process of um how something could be cooked differently better improved or what you know please get you know give us some insight but we talk about it first you don't just do it you know these dishes are structured this is the way that they are these are the way that the head chefs in each restaurant have decided that they're going to be do not change do not fluctuate there is no room for freestyling in the professional kitchen it's do it and do it as you're told and when you're developing a, a new recipe, um, your your development chefs or you with the development chefs, that they're recording very carefully their progress in developing. Otherwise, there's no point because they won't be able to rem remember or pass on what they did last time that they didn't want to do this time. Exactly that. And also you understand what went wrong and what are the mistakes. So as you're putting dishes together and things haven't worked or there's too much sugar, there's too much salt, it's got too much acidity or, you know, there's too much fat content, which means that the pastry is broke or the thing, you know, there's so many different things that go, okay, then how much pastry was that? That was 75 grams. Well, let's drop it down to 70 and try it again. And then try, like, and you're constantly on that process. So that's where recipes are incredibly important because you're writing it down and you're structuring and you're getting it. But then... We then take those recipes so for, for pretty much everything that we've put together for books and uh, and magazines that people cook from at home for, for the things that we put together, apart from obviously the Hand of Flowers book, everything else is taken from the infrastructure of recipes that we have and we soften it and we go, okay, well, this is where it doesn't matter, you know, how to make a carrot puree or it doesn't matter how to make the chocolate pudding or it doesn't matter how to make the soup, you know, these are the parameters these that we're putting in place. They're not the strict, stringent ones that was cooked to one and two Michelin star level. These are the ones that are a little bit rubbery and inflatable that you can bounce around with and you'll still end up with a very nice soup. It may not win you two Michelin stars, but you will end up with very happy guests. 
In terms of recipes that you have used for inspiration, where you go home and you think you fancy, as you said, something a North African style dish, yeah. have you ever come across any recipes that make you cry or smoke come out of your ears because they're so untrue? To be honest, no, not really. I haven't, I haven't come across anything that I've gone, that can't be right or that's not real. Like I, I, we, we've unfortunately in one of our books, in the, one of the first early runs of one of the first books, there was a, a misprint of an amount of, I think it was an amount of sugar um, that was in a um, kind of like a lasagna dish where we put a bit of sugar in. And so that had to be reprinted and rerun. And then you go, my God, I can't believe that I missed that on the on the read-throughs and the re like, and everybody missed it. But you just go, it's one of those things. Um, but in general, the recipe is true. Just the, the just that there was a there was an extra zero on, yeah. on than, than should have been. So you go, okay, the, 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 but I've never come across a recipe that is that is being put down that's not real have you i've come across baking recipes where the form and i don't believe it's a a mistake i think it's just a a false recipe where the formula doesn't work it does not rise properly it it, it's basically flawed and doesn't come out as the cake that's promised or even more infuriating doesn't come out as the picture showed. Is that someone that we know? Uh, no, it's not one particular instance. I mean, I try, re- I try, re- <laughs> you're trying to set me up there. I try recipes from all different sorts of sources. So I like to think that I get to know different recipe writers and and how much I can rely on them for different things. And so I, I do follow recipes carefully if I'm in the mood where I'm trying to find what's going on in that person's head. Yeah. So I work very closely with an amazing girl called Nicole Hurft, who we've worked together for maybe, I mean, on and off for last 15 years for Bits and Bobs. But she puts together all the recipes for it. So the first from cookery books. So the first two cookery books, the first cookery book that I wrote, I wrote completely myself. And I can't type. Well, I can, but like a one-fingered idiot, just like, like <laughs> punching digits. Like So I wrote the first cookery book, every single bit, by hand, like the, the recipe, the method, the whole, like eh, I wrote the cookbook, like every single bit. Then the second one, I t- kind of did exactly the same, but I put infrastructure into place of going, okay, this is, um, uh, these are, I need, this is the, the methodology, but I need you to work out the exact amounts. So then I pass that over to Nicole who started doing it. And then we started working through a process where we worked very well together of going, okay, I, we, I'm going to put some recipes together. I want to do this and I want to do that. And then you, we work, she comes back with some ideas and some recipes. And so it's much more of a, a combined understanding of somebody who writes recipes, um, w- alongside and working with me for books. And then I've also got Chris, Mackett, who has worked with me, we've worked, I mean, we've worked together for over 20 years and we've worked together in a previous restaurant. We've opened the Hand of Flowers together. We've grown together over the last 17 years cooking at the Hand. So Chris is group head chef and he oversees everything that we do. So uh, in terms of how we put recipes together, they're always kind of like a, there's now a soul and a DNA to them that's created by a group of people that we know that they work. And we, the, the one point that I'm so always, always make sure that we do is the recipes we know work, have to work, because we follow them to the exact pinpoint um 
recipe, understanding and methodology when we do the book shoot. So when we take the photograph of the recipe, it's the exact, so you've gone, because then if you're cooking it and it's gone, well, actually that looks a little bit loose or there's a little bit too much stock in that, or maybe it needs more breadcrumbs on the top to give it a nice crispy gratin. We'll readjust the recipe, reshoot and rework. So we know every single time that every single recipe works because we follow it to the T, all of us, when it comes to the book shoot. And that's something that I hold really important and that I count as so valuable that our recipes can be trusted. Because I remember growing up and watching um, uh, my mum cook a little bit, not a lot, but when she was there, she would always trust the Delia Smith cookery. Because, you know, Delia, not only was she, like, magical in terms of how she presented. I mean, her TV presenting style, I just think, is first rate. It's very educational. It's very straight and it's very to the point. But it was also, like, if, if you look, watch early Delia, it was it was non-stop it was full conversation all the way through it wasn't edited like a, a cookery show where you you could stop now start again do the she would talk from start to finish all the way through and she'd talk you through it and it was it was so clean and crisp and precise and it looks so clean her, her work doesn't it yeah it, and it always worked and you just go i i the, someone when you when you're buying a cookbook, you want to know that it doesn't matter whether you're cooking a recipe from page fourteen or a recipe from fifty six or a recipe from page one hundred twenty three. You want to know that that recipe is going to work, and that's something that we I, I, I'm all. It's always the most valuable thing to me that that trust is something that because once somebody copies follows a recipe from you, whether it's whether it's um, in a book or in Good Food magazine, you know the reason why Good Food magazine does so well is because everybody who's a contributor to it, everybody who works on it. Everybody who works behind the scenes on the magazine is making sure that it everything works. It's trusted. If you bought that magazine and then one month the recipes didn't work, you did you wouldn't buy it again the next month, wouldn't it? You know, that's why it's got so much testament for how long it's been going. And and that's the same sort of thing. You want trust. You but people buy trust into, you know, by buying a magazine or buying a cookbook. They you they're letting you, you know, you they're going, okay. Show me what to do. Yeah, you'd be. You're, it's, it's infuriating if you cook a recipe and it it doesn't come out. Yeah, uh, but I mean uh, sometimes the, that's not just the recipe's fault. That may be because <laughs> it is your fault. Yeah, you, your, may, your hand you may have skipped. You may have skipped a couple <laughs> of things. You may your oven may be different. You you may be getting oh that'll do. Like that. However, you know there may be a reason why the recipe hasn't worked. Not just because you haven't bought one of my books or the BBC Good Food magazine. Like <laughs> there may be reasons why that hasn't. Worked. It's not just the recipe's fault there are other things however that tick box of trust is is vital you know that delia always says that there's there's a, you mentioned a mistake in your in one of your early books she says there's a mistake in each of my books if you look and you cannot eradicate all mistakes all mistakes and the favorite one that she told me about was um she she had a her readers write to her a lot i mean you would wouldn't you i mean is so adorable you'd want to write her also so, like she has a lot of readers when she says i have a lot of you know mm. i mean she sells millions of books there's a lot of people there to choose from so a bloke wrote to her and said um dear delia um, i'm following your chocolate chip recipe um and uh please just tell me if you've got a moment could you just tell me how many chocolate chips to put in so delia says to her assistant she said how ridiculous. Just tell him to put the number of, you know, however many chocolate chips it says in the recipe. And she looked at the recipe and there were no chocolate chips in the 
cookie recipe at all. She'd they missed out altogether. Oh, and really? that had gone through stages of editorial. Yeah. Of course, in the next edition, it the chocolate chips were put in. So if anyone has a Delia cookbook with the chocolate chip cookie recipe with no chocolate chips in it, it could be worth a fortune like the missing Penny Black, couldn't it? It could be worth an absolute fortune. But it's amazing to think that even Delia's books have mistakes in them because she must be the most uh, revered of British food writers. Have you, have you got any other favourites apart from Delia? Uh, I mean, I've got to be honest, Jamie Oliver is exceptional. Jamie is is brilliant. He's such a huge, he's a force of nature, isn't he? You know, he's been cooking now, what, over 25 years on television and books. And, you know, and and he's just got this huge appetite and energy for kind of reinvention, reinventing himself. And he's always one step ahead of the trend. He's always knowing what's coming next, whether it's, you know, whether it's cooking from a particular area, a particular style, whether it's a particular whether it's vegetarian, whether it's, you know, like, and he's, Jamie is a a, a phenomenal man as a human being. He's he's a great person. I know a lot of people give Jamie a load of stick, but there's a lot more that absolutely love Jamie and trust. Jamie has been so good and so revered over that period of time because people trust him, trust his recipes, trust what he does, you know, and 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 he's great. Jamie, I think, has been phenomenal for for the British food scene. He's so creative, Um, um, you know, even the most simple-sounding recipe, he always manages to bring something special to it. And he has a great team, and the photographs are always beautiful. That's and it. So the thing the is, books it, are heavenly to look at. When you speak to Jamie and he talks about his book coming out, it's never "I've got." It says Jamie on the top, right? But he never says "I've got this book." He always says we've created, we've done this, we've got this. And it is about this team of people. One person cannot just be doing that to the scale that he's done on that consistent basis, constantly, you know, repetitively on and on and on and on. And then there's a lot of great food writers out there that are able to do it all on their own and get it all done and make it work really well. But Jamie is, you know, he's got a lot of things that go on. So he, he works with a team of people to create. And that's why they always feel very vibrant it feels that it ticks a lot of boxes because there's a lot of people's input as well and that and that i think helps create that uh, that the kind of thing that you buy into with jamie there's a there's a there's a sustained brilliant energy i think jamie would probably say that he built on delia's uh, what Delia had done because James well everyone's a Delia all, fan really we, we've all, but, you know, but we've he all. took it on in a sense to the next stage and freed people up and made people feel more relaxed as you're suggesting people should feel a bit more relaxed about the cooking he relaxed Delia to some extent if you look at and, the way that Jamie cooks in the, the naked chef at the beginning like when he first first started and he's just like Bosh the garlic, whack it in the pan, throw in some French beans, put some salmon on, laws on a load of soy sauce, whack it in the oven. Do you know what I mean? You just go, well, I can cook like that. I, I, I mean, I haven't got to how many French beans. Don't matter. Throw them in. Doesn't matter. Throw it in. Like that kind of creative energy that he gave. He, yeah, you're right. He took the shackles off loads of people's thought process of the way they cook. And he got lots of people cooking who didn't think it was for them. That was the amazing thing. Well, all of a sudden, it went from uh, a uh, a middle class female mumsy like figure cooking to a young, energetic male riding around on a scooter, hanging out with pop stars. And also, all of a sudden, it, it suddenly went okay. It went from being this kind of stereotype mums cook tea to being all right. Well, actually, students could cook tea, young kids can get involved. 
blokes can cook tea. You know, like everybody, all of a sudden it became, well, everyone can throw things into a roasting tray and whack it in the oven. Amazing. And it gave an energy and it was really good, vibrant and good fun. And it was just, it suddenly, it suddenly opened so many more doors to everybody else to feel freer and happier about cooking. Now, we, we've we been talking a bit about relaxing recipes. I'm going to take you back to something that you said earlier on, which is these recipes, these specific recipes where you do need to follow exactly. So imagine yourself in summer with a ni- looking for a nice dessert to make in the, in the pastry chef dessert line. What kind of thing would you be looking for? And what would you be, what are the elements that would would say to you, uh, hi, Tom, I need to follow this recipe. I can't go freeform on this. So there's a few things in the pastry world that you can go freeform. Exactly. Exa- and they're the kind of ones that I normally go for. So some, some Sometimes Sundays, people aren't coming over. Like if I know someone's coming, I might knock up a few meringues, just quickly bake them in the oven, but not like a, ones that have to be in there for three or four hours, one that could be in there 20 minutes, get a bit of a crust on the outside, cool down, and they're a little bit chewy in the so middle. So Pavlova type thing. Exactly, yeah. A yeah. 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 couple of meringues, fruit, whipped cream. And you go whipped cream with vanilla in it and sugar. I don't know how much. I go, couple of vanilla pods, throw that in. How much sugar? I don't know. Lost that in. Splash of something, maybe Madeira or something that's floating about. Whisk it up until it's thick enough. I mean, you know, is it soft peak? No. Is it is it is it is it stiff peak? I don't know. Maybe is it somewhere in the middle? It's somewhere that looks nice. Chop up some fruit. What fruit? Well. Berries, blueberries, what else is in the fridge? Oh, maybe a couple of banana, a bit of banana. Uh, you know, oh, there's an apple there. Throw that, chop all that up together. Little splash of orange juice. Then you got the meringues, you got the whipped cream, you got fruit salad. You know, you just go, that's where you can still be freer. You can enter into that world. How much meringue? Enough. You know, <laughs> how many, like, it doesn't matter. Just, just make, just make it, just do it. Just have a go. And what's, I mean, it, oh, I'm saying that though, make too much. That, that, that Make more than you think you're going to need. And then if you don't, you, you can have it again tomorrow, can't you? It doesn't matter. But then there are desserts that you have to go. So pastry, if you're making a short pastry to make a tart, you have to get the right amount of flour. You have to have the right amount of butter, the right amount of sugar, the right, because otherwise the science process of the baking won't work. And that's where it becomes really important with pastry. Brilliant. Well, I feel very inspired to go away and not follow recipes. <laughs> but I need the recipes first in order not to follow them. So thank you very much, Tom. I think you've you've liberated us from the uh, the tyranny of feeling that we have to do what we're told. Are you sure? Because it feels like I've talked round and round in circles about how we don't need recipes, but we definitely do need them. And do not waver from them when you're working in the hand of flowers. But however, when you're everywhere else, just use it as a guideline and don't use the recipe. I hope that's made it clear. (laughs) Thank you very, very much, Tom. It's time for Where Do You Stand On? Where Do You Stand On? Just to finish up, I'd like to ask you where you stand on some of these um, recipe-related items. Okay. So where do you stand on... Cup measures, uh, uh, not not in America. Don't understand them. Uh, confusing. Bra- brain shut down. Even as you said it out loud, my brain. It was like a TV from the eighties. It just shut down, and there was a little white dot, and then it went out. Cookbooks without pictures. No, need pictures. We need to know what it looks like. We need it for the inspiration. We need to flick through the page and go, "Oh, that looks nice." What is it? 
kitchen timers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely need a timer. Yeah, 100%. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a kitchen. It can be your phone. It can be on the oven. It can be wherever. But you definitely, definitely need timers because otherwise you get sidetracked by walking a dog, watching a football on the phone, doing something else, kids' homework, blah, 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 whatever. You definitely need timers. Keith Floyd. A legend, hero, superstar. Brooklyn Beckham. Uh, I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm a bigger fan of his dad. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. For more brilliant cooking advice, don't miss the quick bonus recipe episode. Let's cook together. See you next time. Download the BBC Good Food app today and get inspired in the kitchen. Try a 30-day free trial to discover more than 13,000 recipes. Plus, as part of your subscription, you'll enjoy new ideas and exclusive recipes every month. The app will help you cook your best every day and build confidence in the kitchen with a range of skills videos and food masterclasses. You can organise your week by saving your favourite meals to make every day simpler. Plus, it's totally ad-free, so there are no distractions. Visit the App Store and search for BBC Good Food to download the ultimate cooking app today.